5: We have barely any votes counted. We won today seven out of 10 election day votes. Do you know that? That is massive. And those votes are not counted yet. There is no path to victory for my opponent and we won this race, period. But there's a ton of problems with the system. You know what's going on in Pinal County? They knew we were gonna have record turnout because we aren't gonna take it anymore. And one hour into voting, they ran out of ballots. What is going on? This is why we're in this race. This is why we have this movement right here. This is why everywhere we go, we drew a crowd. This is why we have the biggest movement in Arizona politics. And we are going to win this when the votes are counted. 100%. They've only counted 13,000 election day votes and that's where our people voted. We have the ideas, we have the policies, and we are going to win this, 100%. I don't want any of you to not believe that. When they count the votes, we are going to win this, and there's no path to victory for our opponent. All right, so that was Carrie Lake in Arizona
1: last night uh, claiming victory. It hasn't been announced. As a matter of fact, as of this morning, uh, she's ahead by about 20,000 votes. But the interesting thing is if you try to find out what's happening, Uh, in these races. And if you look to Fox, remember that Fox has gone to the dark side. And every single news article is anti-Trump candidates. It's the worst possible spin. I notice it was a really good night last night for conservatives, for the most part, except in Kansas. And we'll get to that in a second uh but um but so Fox is not the go to, and so you're gonna have to scramble to find the news of what actually happened. but let's go to Arizona just for a second, uh, as of this morning, uh Kerry Lake is ahead forty six point two percent to Taylor Robson at forty four point five percent uh It's fewer than twelve thousand votes, and uh, you know there are problems exactly, as Carrie said uh there's a ballot issue in Pinal County. They ran out of ballots. And so, you know, chicanery is going to be taking place. But the interesting thing to me is to remember that interview with Brett Baer and Carrie Lake uh, that I played for you. Actually, we didn't play all of it. Brett was very rude to her, I thought. You know, Brett, I don't know what's happened to Brett, but uh, that happened. And so uh, Brett was uh, kind of lashing out at her in his, uh, you know, controlled way about believing there was voter fraud And I want you to listen to this because it has an implication on the next little report I want to give you. This is clip six.
0: Just to circle back, you say that it's an illegitimate president. You say that the election was stolen. You speak a lot about this on the campaign trail, uh, talking about the 2020 election. This is the Arizona House Speaker, Rusty Bowers, uh, testifying in front of Congress last week. Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. There was no no evidence being presented of any strength. Evidence can be hearsay evidence, it's still evidence, but it's still hearsay. But strong judicial quality evidence, anything that would say to me, you have a doubt, deny your oath. I will not do that. He's a Republican, he's a Trump supporter, and that's what he said.
5: He's a rhino. And he hopefully will be defeated. He is an absolute rhino. Karen Fan even admits there were issues with the election, that it can't be certified. And here's what we have. 740,000 ballots that have no chain of custody. They cannot be authenticated. Right, and right, I'm going should to interrupt her. Counted. She makes
1: the case for why there was voter fraud. But here's what I wanted you to catch. Rusty Bowers. Rusty Bowers, the, uh, the Speaker of the Arizona House, was running for Senate in Arizona. And he was roundly defeated. And let me tell you how people of Arizona feel about him. And this is actually... Uh, this is in the Washington Examiner, who are not, they're also, they're in the same camp with Fox. Uh, they hate the, uh, the, the America First crowd. They do. You just have to know that when you read, that doesn't mean everything they write is false. It just means that is their position on that issue. So uh, he has been roundly unseated. It's the 10th district seat. Uh, he was a media, he, media hero, but uh, in, in Arizona, no, not so. He was censured by the Arizona GOP Executive Committee. Um, they said that he's lost confidence, the majority of Republican party leaders and his colleagues in the legislature in the state of Arizona. Uh, and so they censured him. Um, also, uh, he, uh, yeah, yeah, they sold, they called him a sellout. They said he turned the back, his back on the party. Um, so Farnsworth is the guy who actually, I believe came out of retirement, uh, to, uh, to challenge him. He was, uh, actually, they were friends in the past, but Farnsworth uh, uh, says that he is 100% anti-abortion. He's dedicated to preserving the Second Amendment and pro-school choice and election integrity. He is the opposite. And so uh, Rusty Bowers, for all of his heroism, according to the press, for testifying on January 6th the way he did, has been roundly defeated in his home of Arizona. And, and also then in the, um, uh, the, oh, the uh, Blake, Blake Masters, the, who, the guy was running for Senate, uh, in Arizona, has defeated the other uh, candidates. Uh, he was the Trump endorsed candidate, so uh, that's kind of a you know an overview of Kansas. Um, Arizona, sorry. Now then, let's go to Michigan, and uh, really, I think excellent news out of Michigan. Uh, let's uh, let Fox Two Detroit give us a little insight. Clip four
6: let's start here with the governor's race all that green there that is tudor dixon just three counties for kevin rinke a commanding victory here for tudor dixon even as some of the results even still come in from some of the slower counties overnight but this really is the story of the evening here? Dixon getting that endorsement from former President Trump. That gave her what was basically a 20-point swing. Things that we predicted, or Pulse Richard Zuba predicted that as well, but really a commanding lead here. Now we want to move over to the other major story here, which is the 10th. Actually, we're we'll gonna start on the Democratic side here in the new 10th. Former judge, prosecutor Carmelinga going to take this one 48 to 16, but on the Republican side. It's John James winning this early, had an early lead. They called it for him early, 86 to 14. John James, maybe one of two black members of Congress, Michigan could be sitting the first time that's ever happened. Also, John James, maybe the only black uh, person to, black man rather, to, uh, to represent anybody in Metro Detroit. A lot going on here. Now, back in the governor's race, though, want to hear from Tudor Dixon what she had to say last night about this victory.
1: We have all suffered because Gretchen Whitmer's policies stopped us from doing what the people of Michigan do best, from providing for our families, strengthening our communities,
7: working hard, and every day working to make Michigan the best place in the world to live.
1: All right, so that's amazing. I, to, uh, John James, I remember, he ran for Senate uh, a couple of years ago. We thought he would win. He's so ama- He really is very strong. And so now he has prevailed and the Republican nomination for the House District 10. And Tudor Dixon was one of five Republican candidates. You may remember uh, that um, Ron Armstrong, our friend from Michigan and Stand Up Michigan, she was one of the five that they had vetted. He said they were all conservative, so it was a win-win. And Tudor, many believed that Tudor could have uh, would be the stronger candidate against Gretchen Whitmer. So that's a win for Michigan, for Michigan conservatives. Uh, yeah, let's see what else... Um, And then John Gibbs. Uh, John Gibbs, another black candidate, has defeated Peter Meyer. Peter voted for the impeachment of President Trump. It's not about President Trump. It's about our country. But these are interesting sidelights. John Gibbs is a great candidate. And so now uh, he will be running in that uh, district. And that's it. For Michigan, that's all I know. And when we come back, other states, so stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk.
3: MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go, call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE,
2: 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Brian Deese, Director of the National Economic Council. His office informs the President regarding economic policy matters and prepares the economic report of the President. Proverbs 12.15 reminds us of the importance of sound advice. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Brian Deese as he advises the president. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country.
1: And we're joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org.
8: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. The owner of a convenience store in Norco, California, is being hailed as a hero after he stopped an armed robbery. A 23-year-old man stormed into the Norco market, pointed an AR-15 at the 80-year-old owner. Turns out the owner had been watching security cam footage, saw the guy putting on a face mask. So when the bad guy yelled, hands up, the store owner opened fire and blew the guy's arm off. (laughs) police arrested three suspects the Bosch robbery is a great example of your second amendment at work we are afforded the right to bear arms in this nation and criminals well they're afforded the right to lose theirs Be sure to read a copy of my latest book, Culture Jihad. It's available at toddstearns.com.
6: Don't forget to connect
3: with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
6: Good evening. From the CBS News decision desk in New York, I'm Anthony Salvanto. On this primary night, the headline of the hour in Kansas, where an abortion amendment has been voted down. CBS News projects Kansas voters have voted no on the abortion amendment and therefore uphold the right to an abortion in the state. It's a fairly convincing win. You see it, over 60 percent, with 84 percent in as of this hour.
1: That's the really sad news from last night. It happened in Kansas, and some of our listeners called in to give me the heads up on this. Uh, It's really just so sad, and value them both was the name of the campaign. And what happened, if I can explain it quickly and clearly, I'll give it a shot, the Supreme Court of Kansas is very liberal. And so after the Supreme Court of the United States overturned Roe v.ersus Wade, uh, what was going to happen was that states— would handle abortion the way abortion was laid out on the books, laws passed by their legislature, whether they were current or earlier. And so the Supreme Court of Kansas intervened and said that the laws of Kansas that were on the books regarding abortion would not be, they would be ignored, and that abortion would not be uh, illegal. I don't know how they can do that. I can't explain that to you. We'll have to talk to a legal expert on that. Uh, and the vote last night or yesterday was 65 to 34% against the amendment. Now, this is interesting to me because, uh, as I understand it, millions and millions of dollars poured in from outside sources. i give you an idea here. Um, 71% of the $6.54 million in contributions were from out of state. Only 29% of the contributions to, this, uh, to defeating this amendment came from Kansas. Uh, by contrast, uh, the people that were fighting um, valued them both, trying to save lives in Kansas. Uh, less of 1% of their much smaller budget was from outside sources. It was all from people in Kansas. And so uh, they did rally the troops. Boy, they they whipped up the feminists and the young people who feel like abortion is like the holy grail, and it worked. So that's just so sad. I want you to know that President Uh, Biden weighed in on it because he's happy about that. He says, um, let's see what he does say here. Let's see. Uh, The Supreme Court's extreme decision to overturn Roe v. Wade put women's health and lives at risk. Tonight, the American people had something to say about it. Could I just say, on that Kansas Amendment, all it was going to to do was turn— the ability to establish abortion policy in Kansas back to the legislature, saying that the people that represent us are the ones who have the right to—they to, will vote and we will pass legislation. But no, 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 no. The people shouldn't have a right. No, 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 no. Uh, so they don't have a right in Kansas right now based on the vote yesterday. So—but uh, again, I'm not going to read all of Biden's remarks. Let's just say he's he's happy. He's just so happy. And he's so happy— Uh, that he is going to issue a second executive order to protect abortion rights today. He's ordering, um, let's see, Javier Bachera to take actions to ensure health care providers are complying with federal non-discrimination laws. I don't know what that means. I'm sure it means something to them. It's also going to direct the Health and Human Services to collect data on maternal health outcomes to accurately measure the impact of diminishing access to abortion in women's health. I think that's really interesting. I'll tell you why I think it's really interesting. Because for years, those of us in the pro-life movement have pointed out that women who have abortions have been butchered in abortion clinics and nobody seems to care. It goes, I don't mean everyone. I'm not saying everyone. Some women have been butchered in abortion clinics. Abortion clinics have had less health regulations imposed upon them than. A hospital anywhere—they don't have health code, health code regulations. They don't have to be clean. They don't have to be inspected. They, it's been the wild west in abortions, and the left loves it because what they don't have to worry with bureaucracy and oversight. And the, the oversight that they don't also have is on how many women are injured by abortion. They don't keep those stats. But now President Biden wants to make sure that uh, they keep the stats on you know women impacted you know badly by not. Being able to get abortions—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, it's just so delightful, isn't it? Just—it's a pretty sick thing, stomach-turning, actually, is what it is. And so now, Idaho has a state abortion law. They passed—it's called the trigger law. When they felt that the Supreme Court was getting ready to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade, they passed an abortion ban. Um, But uh, all of these laws are different. It it will prevent doctors from performing medically necessary, you know, the verbiage medically necessary abortions, and that enforcement. Oh no, the lawsuit alleges that the abortion ban will prevent doctors from performing medically necessary abortions, and that enforcement will result in women's deaths. And there's more to it, but you know, um, they don't care about babies' deaths, which is really interesting, isn't it? The babies don't matter, but the women. Do. See, I'm a woman and I don't really believe that. You know, there was a time when women would give their lives to save their children. There was a time when fathers would give their lives to save their children. But in the perverseness of our day and age, you know, women, yeah, the babies are like buying a new handbag and if it's not convenient, you know, um I don't want that handbag anymore. And after all, I deserve whatever I deserve. I'm a princess, you see. And so I can't be bothered or burdened. What did Obama say? Punished. Punished with a child. Can't be punished with a child. Yeah, so that's where we are. So the Biden D- Department of Justice is suing Idaho over its uh, trigger law that it passed. Um, yeah, so they're going after Idaho because heaven knows you've got to be able to kill those babies. That's, uh, that's important to the Biden administration. Also in Kansas, so some good news. I think this is really good news. Chris Kobach. Uh, won the, the Republican nomination for Kansas Attorney General. Chris is just such a great guy. I've interviewed him s- several times, and I've watched him from afar. He's just accomplished so much. He's a fi- he's just he's such a courageous guy, and yet he has kind of a winsome way, like Ron DeSantis. Uh, he's not abrasive, but he's very powerful and strong. He's been really good on the border issues, and uh, the left hates him. I'm surprised he prevailed, uh, given the the vote on that referendum. I'm maybe those. I wish I had time to open the phone lines because I'd like to know more about this from those of you in uh, Kansas, but maybe maybe we can't. I'm actually leaving for Dallas, and we are going to be um, in Dallas at CPAC, so I can't do that right now. I also want to interject to you that there is an incredible story coming out of Colorado. Remember Tina Peters? Uh, we interviewed her more than once. Uh, she was raided by the FBI. She was the Mesa County Elections Clerk, uh, and the last time I spoke to Tina – Privately, she was just, they were just suing her every which way, making her life miserable, uh, taking away her financial support. She's, uh, her husband has dementia. Her son was killed. She's a Gold Star mom. It's horrible. It's a horrible story. But Tina has an incredible story to tell you, and she's going to join me in just a few minutes. So I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, back in Missouri, where uh, there was a race for uh, a Senate there, Remember, the top two candidates were Eric Greitens, who was the former governor who had had to uh, resign because of all the scandals. And I told you yesterday, I think a lot of those scandals were generated by their uh, Soros-appointed district attorney. I, I stand by that. I don't say Eric Greitens is a Sunday school teacher, but he's great on the issues. Uh, and I think that he was removed. He was. They went after him with a vengeance because he was so strong. So he was challenge- He was running against Eric Schmidt who is the current uh, attorney general and—attorney general, pretty sure. Yeah, and Eric was the establishment candidate, which kind of makes me sad, but Eric won. Uh, and President Trump had endorsed Eric Schmidt, so he's happy about that. Um, so that's what happened in Missouri yesterday, for those of you who live there. Just a couple of other uh, election stories. Uh, coming out of Wisconsin, a judge has ruled—oh, uh, let me do this one. Pennsylvania, these Supreme Courts are— this. You know, it matters who you – it matters who you elect. So even with these – judge – it's hard, you know, when you go to the voter booth and you don't know who these judges are. And most of the time, you just don't have a clue. Uh, but if there's – we need uh, we need some kind of light shone on those candidates. For so like in Pennsylvania. I'll read this. This is from um, – I'm not the, are sure of the source. <laughs> I know where I got this, but I don't know. Oh, it's uh, posted by the Republican National Lawyers Association. In a brazenly partisan decision, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has upheld Act 77's no-excuse mail voting law, challenged last year by Bradford County election official Doug McClinko. You may recall that Pennsylvania had probably the strongest case to bring on voter fraud to the Supreme Court. That Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas both felt that it should be brought before the court and the other members of the court refused to hear it. Uh, well, that's the case. I believe John Eastman was involved in that. They had a great case, uh, but the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it. Uh, the, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is so far on the left, so it does violate the Pennsylvania Constitution. Uh, and what, what violates it? Now there are no—what's What are they, what's the verbiage here? Uh, no excuse mail voting. In other words, you can mail and vote without any kind of accountability. There are no restrictions on it. Uh, so uh, th- that's just lawless. It's just lawless. In Wisconsin, where they're doing a battle, too, about what happened on 2020, because heaven knows they had their own share problems. A judge has ruled uh, that um, an election investigator, which is the former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman leading this investigation, that now they are responsible for $163,000 in legal fees. You will hear in a second that Tina Peters is going to tell you how they are uh, punishing and silencing opposition by fining, imposing fees and all of this. It's just, this is, this is a way they do it. This is, a, this is a method of the left to destroy people like you and me. So uh, let's go to Colorado now and um, hear Tina's story. I think you'll be, well, encouraged and mad too. So I'll be right back, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
0: God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it.
6: Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe.
0: Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine. and sign up for our daily news brief at afn.net.
6: Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the most recent reports provided by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, researchers looked at fertility rates for women of all age groups and ethnicities and found the nationwide rate was 16% lower than what is needed for a population to replace itself. There has been much discussion about the demographic winter in various European countries. Well, that demographic winter has reached the United States. The first command God gave mankind in Scripture was be fruitful. But man has the penchant to fancy his own ways over God's. Rejecting God's ways always carries severe consequences. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III.
7: to one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813.
0: This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The liquidation by drone strike of Osama bin Laden's successor is a welcome tactical victory for America's intelligence and military personnel. Sadly, it also reminds us of the magnitude of the strategic defeat we suffered at the hands of their commander-in-chief a year ago. Consider the following facts. Ayman al-Zawahiri was operating in Afghanistan's capital. Clearly, with America's surrender of the country to the Taliban, it's a new safe haven for Sharia supremacists the world over. Worse yet, thanks to more than $80 billion worth of advanced U.S. weaponry President Biden abandoned there, those jihadists are vastly better armed than ever before and the tens of thousands of unvetted, mostly unaccompanied young Afghan men that Team Biden allowed to enter and settle throughout America ensures the danger we face from the next Zawahiris will not be decisively defeated by whack-a-mole tactics in distant Afghanistan. This is Frank Evans,
3: Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family
4: Radio. Like a football team that will not leave the field after being beaten by seven touchdowns, Tina Peters just won't quit. She got smoked in the Republican secretary of state primary, but Colorado's best known election denier says that she really won and she has raised the $236,000 needed for a recount. The election conspiracy theorist, who is also facing felony charges for tampering with election equipment, lost that Republican primary for secretary of state by 88,000 votes. Now, any campaign can have a recount if they pay for it themselves. The Peters campaign wants a hand recount. The Secretary of State's office says by law, a recount must be done by the same method as the original count, which would require a machine recount. I reached out to Peters' wealthy benefactor, uh, the Pillow guy and election denier Mike Lindell, to ask if, if he is funding this nearly quarter million dollar recount. Lindell said he is not funding it. And in trademark Lindell fashion, he concluded the call with some free professional feedback for a journalist telling me, I have you on my phone as the Denver liar. Are you still a little liar?
1: (laughs) All right. All right. So, you know, I'll take that. that, Well, all right. uh, Let me tell my audience. We have a story to tell you this morning. And that wasn't the story. But if you live in Colorado and you listen to Kyle Clark, uh, next with Kyle Clark on 9 News, that's what you think actually just happened you will recall that several months ago, I spent a lot of time with Tina Peters and her friend Sherona Bishop. They had been, um, the FBI had raided their homes. Uh, Tina was the election clerk for Mesa County, uh, and she had uh, discovered some disturbing uh, things with their voter voting machines. Uh, she got involved with just the election integrity movement, uh, and then they went after her with a vengeance. Uh, Tina, it, it, that story's a... Well, we could just say this: uh, they invaded her privacy, went through the her special son. She is a gold star mom. Her son was killed in action, and she had a box that was his. And the FBI even went through that. It was a real a violation of her personhood. And uh, there were times when Tina was uh, really it was very hard because she's not her husband has dementia, and she's facing this all alone. Her husband, her son is killed. Uh, so I just want to set the stage for what's just happened. And when Kyle Clark says that Tina doesn't give up, he's right. And it is a pretty inspiring story about what's happened. She threw in hat, her hat in the ring to be Secretary of State in Colorado. The election was Tuesday, June 28th. And uh, there were some surprises. And so with that, let me just welcome again,
2: Tina Peters. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me on to tell the real the real story. Truth matters.
1: <laughs> well, doesn't it? Isn't that so, amazing that we have to say that? You, yes. you know, right, Tina, are and, you still just? A, just to, oh, go ahead. I just was going to ask, just to set the stage. They mo- removed you from the mesa from your offices at the Mesa County Election uh, Center. They made you leave. They you co- they couldn't get you out. They took your staff out. So is that still been the case that you haven't been back there? You've not been functioning as an election clerk?
2: That is true. I'm head of five divisions, uh, and elections is just one of them. I'm I'm head of motor vehicle, uh, the recording department, uh, elections, uh, clerk to the board of county commissioners, the board of equalization. Uh, they They have issued an order that I cannot go. First, they kicked me out of the elections. I wasn't able to have any contact there. Uh, they took out my, my elections manager and my chief deputy, which my chief deputy is appointed, uh, and I'm the one that hires and fires people. They basically fired them, uh, without cause and trumped up all kinds of, of, uh, of original stories, which we have not even been able to see, uh, until we just, we just now were granted to see information that they used back in August, almost a year ago, to raid my office and do all the things they've done uh, and confiscate the equipment, the evidence. (laughs) So, um, yes, I am still the Mesa County Clerk. Uh, I was voted in by the people. There's never been an incident that I know of where one elected official can remove another one and where a judge can uh, circumvent. The will of the people who elected me and removed me from office. There is a remedy to remove an elected official from office, and that is a recall, and that has never been done. Uh, they have gone after me with a vengeance. Gar- Joe Biden's Merrick Garland has been involved in this from the very beginning because of what we discovered uh, when I did a forensic image, which is legal, although the Secretary of State has now pushed through the the uh, uh, agenda to have that made illegal. And anyone that questions elections, uh, illegal. But I did a forensic image before and after that the Dominion voting systems came in, in uh, April, uh, I'm sorry, in May of 2021, last year, to do what they called a trusted build. Well, in it Interesting how they cloak something so nefarious in righteous-sounding words. What they did was, uh, they they deleted twenty-nine thousand election records. They, uh, we, our reports, our cyber forensic reports showed that there were thirty-six wireless devices, and they actually had the capability to flip votes. So fast forward, I have, uh, I have too many. Uh, I have seven felony counts against me, which these are these don't have any mandatory jail time. But of course, the media tries to make it sound so nefarious that I've I, uh, that a grand jury, which is only an accusation, it's it's a one sided view of a case, uh, which is the DA's side um, who is involved with Merrick Garland. Like I said before, seven seven felony counts, uh, class four. They're right above a misdemeanor. And three misdemeanors uh, for a total of 10. I have been, uh, I've got civil, I've got ethics violations. They have just piled it on with lawfare. And this Secretary of State is the criminal. So fast forward to, uh, so I realized on Valentine's Day that I needed to, uh, instead of running for reelection, I've, I had already in January announced I was going to run for reelection for the Mesa County Clerk and Recorder. And I realized that if I did not do something, that Colorado would be lost because, um, there, there was a report that had come out, uh, by J. Alex Halderman talking about the vulnerabilities in the system in Colorado. And this was before the uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee in Washington. And, um, and he came out with another one in, uh, uh, that I'll reference in just a moment in, uh, in June of this, of 2021, warning. Warning that they these these vulnerabilities need to be fixed. That they were uh, that these machines were able to flip votes. So, uh, I I decided in February when I saw the the people running for Secretary of State on the Republican side in the primary. One was uh, Pam Anderson, who is the secretary and one of the five directors of Center for Tech and Civic Life this is the organization that before that uh before the 2020 election had only taken in at the most a million dollars into their uh nonprofit organization in the, in their history took in 470 million dollars from Mark Zuckerberg to to uh, to funnel uh this these funds 94% of it went to counties that Biden won. And this is, this was our choice for the Republican primary, uh, uh, Secretary of State, um, candidate. The other one happened to be an Obama appoint, it happened to be on the board of directors for a, an Obama appointed Attorney General, Phil Weiser in the state of Colorado. And he jumped in the race. And when someone asked him why he was jumping in the race, he said, oh, just to shake things up. Well, he sure did because Having a third candidate or, or a third player in there splits the votes and that was their intent so on so before the election on, on June 28th I was I was up in the polls I was 47 percent I think the CC stale girl was 31 uh, and, and the other guy was in the teens elec- uh, the, the interviews that I was doing before and all the polls uh, showed I was winning. everything even the press. Had said, we know that you're winning. What, what, what's your next steps to defeat Jenna Griswold, et cetera? And so, election night, all the press is at my watch party. We're sitting there, and we see at seven o'clock they call the race for the CTCL person, Pam And Anderson. And ev- everyone knew. Everyone knew. It, and my data guys were actually—they never got any sleep. They were—they were monitoring in real time. And one of the counties. Uh, there were votes that were taken out from Pam Anderson, transferred to me. I believe it was it was uh, 900 votes transferred at, from Pam Anderson to me, and then within 24 hours they were transferred back to her. At, after we made us think about it, well, uh, the that was 11:30 at night. The staff went home at 10 p.m. that night. So there are so so we demanded a recount. The Secretary of State um issued uh to me there were there were seven other america first candidates in El Paso County, the largest county in Colorado that also lost um and to people like me where their opponents had were in Biden's basement, you know um having a sleepover and um <laughs> and and so they knew that their races one race was called by fox thirty one for Linda Zamora. Uh, with 61%, and then later on it was it was flipped. So here, so we decided that we were all going to do a recount. Uh, we have enough facts to do a recount. The Secretary of State sent. Uh, I announced last Thursday uh, that I, uh, Wednesday I was going to do a recount. She sent me a uh, a, bill, a bill basically for how much I'd have to come up with. Well, she'd sent one earlier that was for $236,000. And I got on and and um God bless Michael Lindell, God bless PPN, all the network. I reached out to um uh, American loving citizens and they actually supported me in this recount and we're still in the throes of it. I just want to let you know uh but paying it out of the campaign funds, but um we we raised the money when I let her know that we had raised the money, she changed it and upped it 20000 for me and 10000 for each of the El Paso candidates, which some of them, it wasn't even $10,000 to begin with. But because she upped the, she did that to discourage them and to kick them out of the race, which she did, uh, three of them were not a- able to come up with the money in the day that was required to come up with the money. So, One day? so she gives the S one day she gives the estimate. One day, and and we have to have certified funds the next day. And these oh candidates just could, couldn't pull it off. Well, I I had had enough in there to cover it. So so we deliver to her the uh, on Thursday afternoon. We deliver the funds, certified funds, to her office uh, at eight. That in that afternoon, at that night, at eight o three p.m. There's an email that comes into my inbox that says they're starting the recount tomorrow at 8 a.m. Well, according to Colorado law, you're entitled as an interested party, as a candidate, to have watchers. Well, I've got 64 counties that I'm ordering a recount for. How am I going to get those people together to do that? So they said in that email that they were starting with El Paso County. or or that El Paso County is going to be at 8 a.m. the next day. What they didn't tell me until 1.44 the next day was there were actually eight counties starting that day. And so we were able to have some people at El Paso County, uh, not so at the other counties, and uh, to watch what was going on. But what happened next in El Paso County was shocking. They put 4,000 ballots through in this what they call a logic and accuracy test there was nothing logical and nothing accurate about it they put 4000 ballots that they had used from the primary for a test deck through the through the, the Dominion tabulator and it kicked 2268 of them out for manual Adjudication. Well, we also know that the machine can adjudicate them as well. We've we've already proven that in report number three that's on my website TinaPetersForColorado.com. Uh, dot com. So, um, so these kicked out. Everybody was freaking out because they they were trying to figure out what was going on. They announced to us that the clerk announced to the watchers that were there that it would take 26 hours to figure it out. 26 hours to figure it out. So obviously they hadn't anticipated it. According to law, if there's any discrepancy in the logic and accuracy test that cannot be uh, resolved by voter intent, there has to be a hand recount. And that's what we've been wanting all along. And that's what the citizens of this country want. They want to see the actual paper ballots, uh, not the forensic, I, I mean, sorry, not the Uh, images that are creating from the ballots because what we found out is those images are not the voter intent of the the original ballot so i know i'm giving a lot of information but here's what's happening right now so that was thursday friday started the recount they worked saturday and sunday so these people are you know uh, with these watchers all of a sudden are like exhausted so these Um, are your these are your
1: supporters these are people who want there to be truth in this and so they that, stopped yes. everything. And they stopped their lives and went and did that.
2: That's right. And these are not just mine. These are these are these poor candidates down in El Paso County that were also defrauded. Uh, the the citizens that voted for them were defrauded of their vote. So this is actually comes into HAVA with the Amer- Help America Vote Act, where people are being disenfranchised from their votes. This is coming into the way the the logic, and, the illogical, and act and non uh, inaccurate. Um, test took place, and so Saturday morning, uh, we filed a lawsuit, and it was served to them on behalf of these plaintiffs in El Paso County. Yesterday, another lawsuit uh, to object to this recount, and now we're looking for a judge to stop it. Uh, the deadline—they're rushing this through because they want it to be a done deal, and then they want to—they want to steal all of our money. But listen to this. The the increase in the pet in, in in what we had to come up with, you'll never guess what it was for. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> it was for a vendor charge. Do you do you have any idea who the vendor was? Oh, Dominion. Had to pay for Dominion. Absolutely. Oh my yes, gosh. absolutely. The fox in the hen house to be there. So seventy thousand dollars to have a guy sit there for eight hours a day or, or who knows if he went in there before or during or after, you know, uh, the people were gone. We don't know what's going on, but we do know that this is not being conducted in a fair impartial or impartial uh, non-biased manner.
1: Tina, let me, let me lay out a few things about your particular race that Emerald Robinson discovered so that people can get the, 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 idea This Pam Anderson, uh, I think she raised like $1,500 or something like that. She had 139 people following her. No, that's another guy. That's Michael Donald. That was the third guy you talked about. Uh, But she had very few followers. She raised very little money. She had $5,665 going into this. And up until the the last part of the race, she was behind by 15 points. In fact, let me read this. The Colorado Polls, that's an outlet in Colorado, it says... uh, they considered Anderson's campaign dead on arrival and added that Peters' strong performance further underscores Anderson's weakness in this race, running on a message not just disagreed with but considered treasonous by a majority of Republican voters. Furthermore, Tina Peters is the obvious frontrunner in every way. Nevertheless, when the votes were counted by the Dominion software, uh, Pam Anderson, without a campaign, with, uh, with $4,700 and hardly any followers— beat you by 20 points. So I, I just wanted people to understand the numbers here. It's just, it is insanity. And even the news media there, except for maybe Kyle Clark, uh, understood that it was very strange. Now, uh, Tina, first of all, I just some, before we run out of time here, the last time I spoke to you, we weren't on the air, but this has been difficult and i remember especially after the fbi raided your home and all the emotions of your your son's belongings having been gone through with when you had not even seen them he hasn't been hadn't been killed that long ago and the emotion of them coming after you i think i remember that your husband had has dementia and they somebody right. went into the uh, home where he was and and had him serve divorce papers on you so they could create all kinds of scandals in your life it's been horrible And so you were pretty down and pretty beaten up. I want to know what changed that.
2: Well, they're still after me. I mean, uh, for instance, just uh, a week ago, I was served two arrest warrants in one week. I'd gone to speak at a, (laughs) listen to this. I'd gone to speak at a, uh, at a constitutional sheriff and peace officer association conference. So I was surrounded by law enforcement. The judge, and this judge was appointed by the the, the governor, uh, Jared Polis, and he's a piece of work. He just passed legislation to kill a baby, uh, you know, up until conception, I mean, up until birth uh, and some other awful things. But uh, he was appointed by him. He decides to revoke my travel uh, um, permissions, which is in this egregious bond that they have where I can't talk to anybody in my office, can't talk to my a chief to all I can't talk to anybody basically um and and that I have to tell them where I'm going, where I'm staying, you know how I'm getting there, what the purpose of it is, so I guess he decided he didn't want me to go there, and without even notifying my bail bondsman, he revokes my bond and then issues an arrest warrant for me, so I had to fly back uh it like I had to be at the airport four o'clock in the morning to go to my attorneys to to get him to try to plead. To you know not not arrest me, and then he issued another arrest warrant for me for making contact because I had sent out to all the election uh, all the clerks in Colorado that I was going to do a, a recount that was two arrest warrants in two weeks, so I had to go post thousand dollars bail um, you know and but luckily, I did not have to spend spend thirty hours in jail like I did before the night my father died so um, and then after that, they harassed my. My family unmercifully told my sister in North Carolina that if, if she didn't call him back, one sister would tell the other if didn't call him back, she was going to hold, him, hold her in contempt of court and just started terrorizing my family. The day after my dad died, while I was on a cold, wet jail floor in jail, after I'd been handcuffed in a coffee shop in front of five other uh, 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 constituents, I mean, the, you can't even make this stuff up. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's just incredible the links they'll go to to yeah. shut me up and get me to go away. Okay, so but yeah.
1: m- my question is you. What has given you the strength? You were they were coming at you and it was getting to you when I talked to you last. Now they're still coming at you, but you have not there's a there's a spring in your step. What changed in you, <laughs> Tina?
2: You know, uh well, the movie Selection Code. Uh, people can look at the trailer at selectioncode.com. That's coming out in just a couple weeks uh, on the 20th, 21st. You want to go on Lindell TV and and watch it, but um, and Selection Code to watch the trailer. But here's the thing: we've uncovered something, and that they're afraid of. And we, I cannot. God, God brought me to this. He'll see me through it. And, you know, Joseph went to prison. I mean, and he came out, you know, being second in command. Job went through a lot of things and he got paid back, all that. And I'm not looking for the payback. I'm looking for, at the end of my life, because, you know, I'm a cancer survivor, too. You know, Gold Star Mom, cancer survivor. I've been through a bunch of stuff. So this isn't, you know, this isn't the first thing I've gone through. But I said, when I, when I had cancer... And I said to God, I said, you know, God, if, this, if, if I'm done, this is okay. This was in 2016, the year before my son died. And I said, I, if I'm done, I'm okay. But you know what my prayer is? And I reminded him my prayer, because we have this cute relationship, and I said, you know what my prayer is? Don't let me leave this earth until I have accomplished everything that you sent me here to do. And right then I knew I was going to live and not die. And I said, so I don't think so. <laughs> and uh-huh. then, um, so it, right, I mean, right then I knew I was to live. So here's the thing. I want to hear, I, nobody has paid me. I've actually lost so much money. I mean, I'm my personal life, as far as being able to make my bills and things like that, you know, is very, um, it, you know, that part's very, very difficult, uh personally. Um, but uh, people have have contributed to the campaign to get this recount done, to find out the truth. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, and I keep telling them, I say, they can't get us all. What God brings you to, He'll see you through. And um, I just know I want to hear at the end of my life, and I think all of us that know the Lord want to hear at the end of their life these words, Well done, good and faithful servant.
1: Yes. And that's my goal. Yeah. Well, all right. You, I had to have you express that, Tina, because I want people to know what, what gives you the strength and the power uh, to do what you're doing. And as a, as a reminder to all of us that th- these days are getting very dangerous, and none of us are going to remain unscathed by the, really, persecution that's coming our way. Right now, it seems like it's happening to other people, so those other people, or to Tina in Colorado. Uh, but I'm telling you, they're coming after all of us, people of the book. Uh, okay. it is a, it's a a—it's a spiritual warfare. It may manifest itself in the ballot box, but it is warfare. And so I say stand and fight. I say stand and fight. Tina Peters for Colorado.com if you'd like to help her. Tina Peters for Colorado.com. Tina, keep in touch, and God bless and keep you safe. This is Sandy Rios in the Thank morning you on you AFR so much. Talk. God bless you,